Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. Long week uh, since last week there, Derek. Got a lot of things done. Uh, weather's actually been not too shabby. A bit of rain, it's, but... It's really starting to improve. Yeah. Sunshine. Yeah. No wind at times. <laughs> nice to get out. Got out in the kayak. The... The uh, one from Backcountry Custom Canoes, I did a little tour in that. Yes, I was supposed to get a tour in it, but I But you did make not, it. yes. Um, that one is, the dock is too high. The, the, yeah. the canoe kayak dock they got down at Rotary Park here isn't in Ajax, a, it's too high. Isn't there a beach you can launch off of? Well, you've got a, a portage to it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've got a nice big bruise on my one shoulder from oh, portaging yeah. that, yeah. It's not like portaging a canoe that you just mm-hmm. throw up on two yeah, shoulders exactly, or anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But no, I, I I launched from the beach and I did the um, the paddle brace yep. entry. Mm-hmm. Oh, so easy to do that. <laughs> so much easier to get in. Uh, the one thing I did find, because I was out for a couple of hours yep. paddling this thing, right? And uh, yeah, my one leg fell asleep. Yeah. And then you ever sit on the toilet too long and your leg falls asleep? <laughs> no. And then you go to stand up, it's all pins and needles. <laughs> oh, you get to reading a book or something, right? Yeah. Reading the funnies, yeah. listening to music, watching a movie. I do it often on the couch where I sit on one. I always, I often sl- sit on one leg on the couch watching TV. <laughs> my mom so, used to do that. Yeah. yeah. I got to stop doing that because my leg always falls asleep. Yeah. Well, then you go to stand up and that one leg's yeah. all like. Eh. Yeah. It's all well, wonky. picture that one wonky leg sinking into wet sand at the same time. Oh. While weird. getting out of a, a kayak. Yeah. Yes, pretty much. But <laughs> I did not fall down. I did not tip over. I did not get wet. I awesome. just felt like a goober. So it was the first time you paddled the uh, Backcountry Custom kayak. It is the first time I paddled that. Yeah, I've been, get, I've been getting out in the uh, Zephyr. Yes, but the... So um, how but, did the uh, Backcountry Custom kayak handle? When I, you get it. over the... Uh, uh, the blah, 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 if I learned to speak. And when you get over the... Um, uh, initial balance Initial. Oh, that's weird. I, I initial can't even stability. think. The initial stability issue. Uh, it was wibbly wobbly yeah. more than the Zephyr. Yeah. But I've been paddling that one, so I'm, maybe, I'm thinking maybe it's just because I'm used to it. Yeah. The Zephyr but, is a flattish bottom. No, it's got a bit of a rocker and, yeah. and what, yeah. Uh, narrower too mm-hmm. than this thing. Huh. But this has got a wide cockpit, a long cockpit. Um, getting into it, like I say, when you do the brace is so easy. Getting mm-hmm. in and out of it was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I put, um, when we bought our, our original canoe, they gave us these, cause we didn't have the, the life jackets. So the guy just threw them in until we bought life jackets, but they're like these flotation cushions. Oh, okay. Just square with things that you could tie onto yeah. your body sort of thing. Right. We still have them mm-hmm. cause you, they're great for sitting on. If somebody's sitting in the middle of the canoe. Right, yep. and that way you can just tie them on to um, like a thwart or something while you're portaging. Mm-hmm. Instead of bringing a chair while you're canoe tripping, you just sit on one of these. Perfect, yeah. lightweight. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so I put one of those on the bottom, and I sat on, it and I put one behind my back. My God, that was so comfortable. Oh yeah, it was so beyond comfortable. Except for the fact your leg foot asleep. Except for my leg foot asleep. Yeah, <laughs> plenty of room to stretch my feet out and everything. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like I say, it was. It took me a minute to get used to how how tippy it was. Yeah. Not that I was going to go over, but it just felt like I was. You know, you're trying to get yourself situated and whatnot, and you just felt like you're going to go over all of a sudden. But uh, no. And then yeah, once I got into it, yeah, I just boogied. Mm-hmm. You know, nice. up, went up the river, did a couple of bays, went out on the Lake Ontario. Oh yeah. Turned around and let the the just small little. Mm-hmm. Stinky yeah. waves and current that comes in anyway. Okay. Push your right, push me right back up into nice. the stream and worked on turns and forward strokes and stuff like that. Okay. And yeah, it was it was uh, it was really decent paddling that thing. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was uh, really nice. I How think was you'll the like tracking? Because it. it doesn't have its own doesn't have a skegger. It doesn't have a skegger anything. No, there was a couple of times when some of the breeze was coming around, mm-hmm. and maybe, I'm thinking it's just my paddling technique. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you'd have to adjust you know give a couple paddles on one side yeah and then you're straight again and then a couple paddles on one side yeah straight again that sort of thing uh but i think that had more to do with some of the current how it goes in the because the river's windy there but, yeah and uh how the breeze was hitting and stuff like that and like i say my my paddling technique isn't you know top notch <laughs> uh but uh, you, you know what i'm watching these videos on these people and they say 
in the videos, these guys that are with the American canoe kayak thingy associations and all that, and they're showing this is how you should paddle a kayak. And, you know, you dip it in by your toes, bring it back, yeah. remove from by your hip, and this this hand should pass in front of your nose, and this hand should pass in front. When they're doing all this sort of stuff, but then you go watch the videos of people paddling. And they don't do that. Nobody does it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like they're exaggerating it for when they're doing it yeah. to show you how to do it. But when you're watching people paddling, yeah. oh, look, here we are on our day trip going here and here we are doing this and here we are doing that. And here's our trip log, a video trip log of us on our trip. And yeah. no one's doing it like he tells <laughs> you to do it. So apparently, I don't know. Anyway, so I, I, I'm sort of trying to do it like they're saying they're doing. And I know I'm not doing it 100%. Uh, you know, just... Because you get to a point how they're saying to do it, and just because you don't know the, I don't know the craft yet, right? Exactly. So, yeah. but you know what? I'm getting the whole dipsy doodle thing, the yeah. twisting the body as opposed to trying to use not use the shoulders mm-hmm. as much. Um, but no, you know what? It was it was pretty cool, and like I say, I got out on the lake and everything, and yeah, people were coming up and looking at it and going, yeah, "Did you make that? Have, must have drawn and, a lot of attention." Yeah, eh? yeah. The kids, little kids. Yeah. Because I, I got to go by a park. Yeah. And it's just filled with little kids because it was such a nice day look mom a kayak as opposed to look mom a boat yeah they're all like it's a kayak it's a kayak it's a yeah, kayak distinct it's just, yeah it's yeah. really 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 distinct like that uh but that yeah you know what like a lot of people are like hey that's pretty cool a couple of people came up and they were asking questions yep. about it you know what it's made of and how heavy it is and they lifted it and they're like that's not too bad and, mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff and then when people are watching me paddle by and whatnot they're you know just looking like that looks pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it does. It, I, I posted some pictures of uh, of it the day I went out, and uh, yeah, it was it was a really good thing to do. Geese don't like it. No, no, no. Canada geese see me coming, and they were just maybe it was just me. Maybe well, they just don't like me. Maybe they thought I was going to run them over. I don't know if ge- what color geese see in, but I imagine they can tell the difference between dark colors, and light colors. But it would look like a giant white swan or something. Maybe, right? maybe. I don't know. It is white. Uh, yeah, maybe it's mm-hmm. weird looking. It's this weird sw- water animal that's freaking him out. <laughs> it's freaking me out, man. <laughs> or maybe they're freaked out by the men in the wet suit. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> hey, baby, come here, Mr. Goosey Goosey. <laughs> hey, look at that can of the goose over there. Bet you go fine with a side of potatoes and some gravy. <laughs> That man looks like the penguin. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it was it was really good. I really enjoyed getting out there with that. And now it just becomes a which one do you paddle? Yeah. Do you paddle the the skin on frame or do you paddle I think you give both the Zephyr. So that's what I, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm doing, right? Yeah. Um I think if I'm going on bigger bigger water to start, I'm gonna be taking the Zephyr. Yeah. Just because yeah. And uh, when when I'm going on just practicing and stuff like that. Like I say, later in the summer here, when it gets a bit warmer, maybe end of June into July, I want to take it down to the lake, get a bunch of people from the area. Because I've, I've joined a couple of the kayaking groups online oh, okay. and stuff like that on Facebook. Yeah. There's a Durham Region Kayaking Club and oh, yeah. there's the Ontario Kayaking and stuff like that. And just say, you know what, here's where I'm going to be at this time if anybody wants to come down and check it out, take it for a yeah. little dipsy doodle around. Yeah. Maybe, you know, we'll just go on that bay down at Rotary Park or something like that. Yeah. Come out, give it a little spin, check it out, see what yeah. it's like, if you like it. And then I'll, I'll just video and say, hey, what do you think of it? And I'll have people give their responses yeah. and we'll, we'll post it online. But uh, I, I think a lot of people are really, will, will really enjoy it. Well, it's a unique craft, right? And, oh, yeah. and to be able to uh, look at and experience something that's a, a boat that's handcrafted, mm-hmm. not a blow mold, uh, plastic, you know, they're all nice and stuff, but it's all so clean and clean cut. It's... Like yeah. When you like, I I always love paddling in uh, in Mikey's boats because it's just nice being in a really nice cedar stripper, right? It just nice handcrafted. You, you feel good riding in a nice boat like that. Well, he just puts that thing when he builds it. He just builds it with a he, whole lot of yeah, love. Yeah. There's a lot of artistry going on yeah, when he builds yeah. stuff. There definitely is. And um, yeah, John from uh, Backcountry Custom Canoes when he's built this one, it's 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 really really nice how he's done it. And his, uh, can, now I haven't paddled one of his canoes yet. We were can supposed you... to paddle it, but we never took. I never went up because it was too no, cold yeah, that day. Yeah. Well, yeah, that day I, I wasn't going out yeah. either. Um, 
But yeah, we have to get one of those out on the water too. But no, I'll, yeah, like I say, we'll we'll get somebody, we'll get a bunch of people down, and we'll get mm-hmm. you out. Yeah. Now you need to get your dry suit and everything. You said you found it. I did. I found them. I uh, because I was supposed to go Sunday, but then my my kid uh, kind of bagged himself, so he's could. I had him for the day because he couldn't go swimming that day. So I was I had to beg out of uh, kayaking with you. But in that's all right. I know you don't yeah. love me anymore. But we, I was, you know, we were. You, you had concerns, and I had concerns. Like, well, you kind of need some proper clothes for the for the water and whatever. This is Lake Ontario is so darn cold this time of yeah. year. Yeah. Well, it's kind of darn cold all time all year, year. But yeah, this time of year, you, as much cold. as you'd want to go. Yeah. You know, so we got to practice uh, what we yeah. preach, sort of thing. <laughs> so I, I was digging through the attic, and I, I haven't whitewater kayaked in I don't know how many years, and I did briefly use my gear when I did the whitewater ca- uh, canoe course with the boys. Oh, up at uh, Mattawasa Darster canoe, and yeah. Mike and, you know, all those people. Anyway, so it, uh, I found all my, my gear, but, uh, it's, I think the hot and cold cycles in the attic is where it's stored. It's, uh, it's shrunk. It shrunk it a bit, eh? Yeah. Right in the middle? Yeah, right in the middle. It's it shrunk a, it in the middle of it. It's a little tight. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I have a pair of pants like that. They shrunk right in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it does that. You know, I, I think we've got to go to the jean companies and say, dude, your, your jeans keep shrinking in the yeah. middle. <laughs> the older I get, the more they shrink. I don't understand what's wrong with your pants. People have been building, making jeans for centuries here. Yeah. <laughs> But I didn't find it, so I got uh, the uh, my dry top still fit, just the uh, dry pants don't fit. And uh, but I got a whole bunch of rash shirts and neoprene shirts and stuff like that because I did quite a bit of uh, white water kayaking years ago. Mm-hmm. So now I have all that stuff and I found it. So uh, next time we head out, can't go this week. I'm zone camping. But uh, you're camping. I am. Where are you going camping? Emily Provincial Park. Really? Yeah. With Emily. <laughs> <laughs> Taking so the family? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. We spent the weekend uh, prepping camping gear and stuff like that, and uh, we're going to head out on uh, on Friday. So mother-in-law and my wife and two kids, and should be a lot of fun. Except t- for the fact that it's going to rain Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's not supposed to rain Saturday or Friday. It's just supposed to rain Sunday now, isn't it? Uh, up near Peterborough it is. Really? So, uh, yeah, according to the weather, but we're still what far about- out. What about up, say, north of Ban- Bancroft? I didn't check there. Oh, a lot of good you are. You're dead to me now. <laughs> um, Why, is that where you're going to be? Yeah, I might be up that way for Saturday, yeah. Yeah? Yep. Now, one thing I found about a wetsuit. Mm-hmm. Now, when I come home after paddling, take it off, I hang it to dry it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I, I was around when your wife saw it hanging. <laughs> my son came down at night after his night is, well, he worked, he gets home about, just about 1230 at night or in the morning, I guess. <laughs> and he comes downstairs to throw his uh, stuff in the, in the wash, turns around and there's someone standing in the doorway. <laughs> yeah. This big black figure standing there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where do we send our underwear bill? <laughs> well, he didn't realize I'd got a wetsuit and I'd hung it there to dry. <laughs> And then Last my wife, week. the same thing in, yeah. the, in the laundry room. So you were upstairs and uh, you had hung it in the laundry room and your wife came down, chatted with me, and then she walked into the laundry room and she gave a little squeak. She goes, hey, come here, look at this. <laughs> she says, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> so it's just this big wetsuit, this black wetsuit hanging in the laundry room. What? So it looks like a person standing there in dark clothes. I'm just going to start hanging it in different spots. <laughs> My daughter comes home, there's going to be in her hanging in her room. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got, um, I wear my bathing suit underneath and I wear, uh, I got these Under Armour shirts, yeah. right? That I wear underneath. And it, so it peels off easier, but wherever there's bare skin, it's just yeah. like, you, oh, don't, yeah. you don't realize how sweaty they are. Like how, how much you sweat underneath. Yeah. And then when you go to peel it off, it's just like, ew, you're just feeling all icky. It reminds me of an episode of Friends. Remember the episode of Friends where, where uh, oh shoot, what's his name? Uh, David Swimmer. He's trying to put on Ross. A, 
Ross is trying to put on a pair of leather oh, pants. Oh, the leather pants. And <laughs> it's so tight. And he uses talcum powder to just get them on. And it turns into like a bread dough because he's so sweaty, sweaty. and wet. <laughs> oh, that's gross. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be doing that. But yeah, you're out there paddling for a long time. Like I said, it's out for two hours. And then you get out of the water, you get out of the kayak, and you're done. You unzip yeah. it. You take the, pull the, the top off, right? Mm-hmm. So like you, you tie of the arm, you tie around your waist. Yeah. But when you're peeling it off, it's just like, Ew. Yeah. But then when you get down, you're know, taking the bottoms off as well mm-hmm. on your legs and everything like that. It's just like, ugh. You're just like, yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I didn't think you'd sweat that much in them, but you do. So, but yeah, you just got to keep it all is it nice and mil? clean. Three, four, yeah. Three, four mil? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got- they were showing me some on the, because I got it from the scuba center, right? Yeah. And they showed me these ones they use for when they're cold water diving. It's six mils, oh, yeah. I've got- I think it was like eight mil or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, it's half an inch thick. thick. Yeah, I'm not paddling in that. It's uh, it's I I've got like three of those for scuba diving and and yeah, it's uh, they're they're a pain in the butt to get. Like it's fine the first time, and then when you peel them off after scuba diving, it's just turned inside out and pull it off. Mm-hmm. But if you have a second dive in the day where it's still wet, oh, I'm trying to put it, it, it back on. Impossible to get yeah. back on. My brother-in-law does the scuba diving. We had that conversation at uh, Mother's Day dinner about trying to put it back on yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, not not happening. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah uh what else is going here we are trying something new i guess this this week yes um, we got uh, somebody coming over yeah and we're going to do some video a yeah. little video Start vlog adding vo- stuff to our vlogcast youtube or, channel yeah yeah what would you so call it? It's not a, a podcast. It'd be a video, video, video blog. Video So a vlog. Blog, yeah. Yeah, so it uh, be a little bit of vlog and interview and, mm-hmm. you know, product review. Yeah, because it's easier to show the products on video as it is to describe it. Oh, absolutely, it. yeah. So yeah, we yeah. decided we're just, that we're going to try that now and uh, yeah. add a few of those and yeah. we'll see what happens. Within the year, maybe we might be purely a YouTube channel. Who knows? Yeah, I doubt <laughs> that. <laughs> I wouldn't want to see that much of me. So... Anyway, this week, I'm doing a little bit of research on things. We talk paddlecraft. Yes. We talk canoes. Mm-hmm. We talk kayaks. We talk rafts. We talk stand-up paddle boards. Have you ever heard of a coracle? And I'm not talking the Oracle of Delphi. <laughs> That's something different. Coracle with a C. <laughs> Had you ever heard of a coracle before is, I... Is that the woman that has the uh, breakfast uh, restaurant? No, that's Cora. <laughs> Cora's. <laughs> I, we've... Now, I don't recall the name of it, but it was... the. I think it may be called something else, but it was... Uh, we had gone to the uh, the Quiet Water Symposium, and there was guys there that were making similar craft, but they are bit longer and mm-hmm. more they, they, but they were these are the same ones that they talked about they were built for the uh, the uh, canals in England and stuff like that yeah these were big these were much bigger than than the coracles yeah I came across uh, originally I found this this new little thing coracle it was spelled funky um, made of plastic and all that as a kid's toy they're, they're, they're marketing mm-hmm. it as a kid's toy yeah, and yeah, you should when you go to the, the beach or you go to yeah plastic things that yeah. show the kids paddling. Yeah, so you know, you, you the kid sits there in this little thing, and they're at the beach, and they paddle around, and you know, it's one paddle, paddles funny, spins in circles, and go down the river, that sort of thing. Nothing too fancy, just a kid's toy about the size of a beach umbrella. Yeah, right, exactly. or not not even a beach umbrella, like a giant golf umbrella. Yeah, like a giant golf yeah. umbrella. Yeah, and so I'm thinking, well, that looks like. Something I've seen on, like, National Geographic Channel. Yeah. You know, over in Vietnam when they're they're in those things. In India, yep. back in the day, sort yeah. of thing. Like, the history part of the of the shows. So, I started doing research, and they're actually called coracles. Mm-hmm. They're small, round boats made with a wick, like a wicker sort yeah, of like frame. A, a woven wicker frame, yeah. And covered in a watertight material and propelled with a paddle. Traditionally, they've been used in Wales, parts of Ireland, Scotland. That's where you see a lo- see them a lot. Uh, similar boats are found in India, Vietnam, Iraq, and Tibet. In North America, the First Nations built the bull boat, which is pretty much the exact same thing. Yeah. The, the, the woven frame made of um, willow or ash, that sort of stuff, and covered with a buffalo hide. Yeah. Right? That's 
watertight. In Iraq, Iraq has the guffa, mm -hmm. which is the same sort of thing. China and Japan have the tub boat. Uh, same design concept as the coracle, except it uses wooden planks and iron hoops. Yeah. Right? So you're, you, it's like a barrel, like one of the old barrels. Yep. Except wider. So if you picture... Um, an umbrella. Uh, an umbrella. An umbrella without the part sticking up, the handle yeah. sticking up. Mm -hmm. Or a walnut shell, because some of them yes. are a bit more rectangular. Yes. But they're they're roundish, mm -hmm. right? That's a coracle. And what's interesting is that when you, like, all these, these are traditional watercraft in different parts of the world. Yep. And they're all developed independently of each other and, and you know, from, you know thousands of years ago or whatever. Well, they're talking so that these is, could go back to, like, 10,000 years yeah, to the, yeah. one guy says, the Ice Age. Yeah. I don't know about that far, but they found them in paint draw, uh, cave drawings exactly. and everything. So what's interesting, though, is that it, I think it's just a intuitive type of model of watercraft that you've just, it just naturally develops in different uh, nations and in different cultures, yeah. right? It's just basic. It's like somebody must have seen a leaf floating on the water and say, hey, I'm just going to make a bigger one of those. Yeah, that'll right? hold me. Yeah. Because a lot of the ones are, yeah, I mean, if you picture an umbrella without the, 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 the handle. handle, that's all it is with a seat across, yeah. and then they sit on that seat. Mm -hmm. And it is, it's just to give you an idea of the size, if he's sitting in the seat, he's able to put his arms forward. It's small enough. And that, paddle. Yeah. Now they paddle, not like we paddle a canoe or a kayak or anything like that. It's all draw They strokes. paddle. It's a draw, yeah. uh, draw skull. Skull, sculling draw? Yeah. Sculling draw. Yeah. That's what they do. Like a figure eight in front. And I mean, you see the guys that have been doing it for a while because they motor. They're skilled. Yeah. Yeah. They move pretty Up, good. These are Upstream, not... downstream. Yeah. They're Everything. not a fast watercraft, but they're nope. very maneuverable and they float very shallow. They only draft like an inch or two of water. Well, and that's what they say is is sort of a plus and a minus. Um, is if it, it doesn't f it doesn't float in the water, it floats, floats on, on the, the water, water yeah. right? Yeah. So that's how that's how very little drafters. And the big thing, the, the downside is if you flip it, like if you tip out, yeah. You're not getting back in, in the water. Because it's just too, You cannot. It yeah. will, it is so unstable that way. Yeah. You cannot get back in. Mm -hmm. You're just going to flip it over on top of yourself. Yeah, exactly. So you've got to swim to shore and take it with you sort of thing. But it's light enough that you can do it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, yeah, only a few inches of water it floats in. Makes it ideal for use on rivers, which is exactly why you're using it in, like yep. you say, Wales and Scotland, the Spey River, Scotland. Exactly. Uh, yeah. you know, so it's Ireland, the shallowness all that sort of stuff. And we saw a few people doing very mild white water, but mm -hmm. these things just kind of bob around like yeah, a like cork. So they, cla but they look class very one stable, white water. But they've got a fairly large flat base. Yes. Well, there's there's different designs that are used for different types of water. So a flat bottom version is used areas with shallow rapids and a rounder, deeper bottom design used where there's like tidal waters, no rapids, yeah. right? So yeah, you're going to get a deeper rounded bottom. Yeah. Um, if you're in a lake, if you're in a, you know, a long deep river with there's, you know, just a nice little current, but no rapids, yeah. no obstructions or nothing. If you're on the coast, mm -hmm. right. Uh, but if you're, if you're in these areas where there's little rapids everywhere, you're getting a sh really shallow flat bottom yes. because it's not taking on more than an inch or two of water. Yeah. And that's perfect for just sailing over top of everything. Yeah. They are an effective fishing vessel. Now we we watched some of these guys. There's two the 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 couple of them have enough for two people to sit. Yeah. So one guy's maneuvering the boat around. The other guy's fishing. And the other guy's fly fishing, which is perfect because if you look at one of these things, if you picture a circle, and then the seat goes right through the middle of the circle. Yeah. The two guys are sitting in there. One guy's leaning over the front paddling. The other guy's fishing. You got all that open space behind you mm -hmm. for your tackle box. You throw your fish back there. A huge amount of cargo. It's, yeah. I mean, depending on how big or small it is, yeah. right? Like I say, some of the ones we saw, these coracles that we saw were only three, four feet across. Yeah. But then there's, there were bigger ones. Yeah. They, you know? They, yeah. Uh, the ones in Wales that they were, they were showing a lot of, they actually designed them that you can care to carry it. That's the way they were designed. They were small yeah. enough that you would carry it on your back and yeah. you'd look like a turtle walking. Exactly. Look like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. And yeah, so you, you, you go for the day and then you just throw it on your back. You have your little 
basket on your side yep. with the fish in it. You have your pole with you, and you walk on home. Yeah, and they they're so light. Like they're they're small, compact. They don't look like they can't can't weigh more than 15 20 pounds or maybe no not even, not that. even. i wouldn't it, even think depending on what you make it out of right yeah and and a lot of them i mean it doesn't take much the guys are saying oh yeah i, I built this one last weekend yeah, yeah it's like it's well okie dokie right <laughs> uh so what is it there's oval in shape very similar to half walnut shell which we said uh keel keelless flat bottom to evenly spread the load across the structure and require reduce the required depth of water which is perfect is it's really really neat design uh interwoven willow hazel ash now i think if we made one here if we were to do one we'd probably end up like because you're thinking of building a cedar strip It'd be like alders. Or not a cedar strip, you can build it like, with alders and stuff yeah or you can make cedar or cedar make strips, cedar or, ribs yeah. like you'd see a birch bark canoe has mm-hmm. the the ribs exactly, in it yeah. right yeah that's exactly what you what they're doing so you can get some nice cedar ones vietnamese versions are made with bamboo um Vietnamese version also use waterproofing using resin and coconut oil. Yeah, so right? easy, so simple. Depending on where you are, you're yeah. using whatever materials nature has yeah. to offer, and you can get out on the water. And it's funny because it reminds me of um, Jim Baird and Ted doing the season of Alone, and they built their boat. Oh yes. If they would have built that round, so easy. Yeah. That would be a coracle. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because that's what they do. You just take whatever coating you got. So they had the tarp. Yeah. You build your little wooden round frame. Mm-hmm. And then out you go. Yeah. Right? And it, yeah, that that's a coracle. It's pretty simple. It's pretty easy to design. And uh, it, it is something you could build just in a weekend. Yeah. It's, uh, it, the design is, is simple enough. The one, I think the one that kind of drew my attention the most, it showed a couple of British guys. And they started just by uh, jamming uh, the willow branches into the ground. And yeah. then all these bent over and they just slowly wove them and tied them all strapped together until they had, you know, that half circle flat bottom. And then they covered it with like, a, I think they used a, a, like a, like a canvas tarp type thing. They used a canvas tarp. Now there's a guy over in, I want to say he's in Shropshire, England. Uh, the Coracle Man, they call him. And yeah. he has a butcher right next door. And there was a little video of him, and he yes. says, "Yeah, I just go next door and I, I, I pick my coverings right off the hoof, right off the hoof. I'll take that cow. Yeah, see right Betsy there. over there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take her skin, a couple of steaks. Uh, but yeah, it's it, that's that's a big thing. Is it's you know like animal hides are yeah. the traditional sort of thing. To yeah, do it. and so it's it's well, you know, animals are waterproof. So as far as we know. it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Now." They've been saying, the, you know, like to say they found cave drawings just to give a, an idea of how long old, old, old yeah. they are. There's even records of Julius Caesar saying he came across them when he was invading Britain. Oh, yeah. And he used them when he went uh, in his uh, little uh, escapades down into Spain. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And they say they found remains that possibly from the early Bronze Age at some of the archaeological sites. Right? That's kind of neat. So it just shows how far back these exactly, go. Exactly, yeah. And it, it, once you... It, anybody wants to Google it, the Corkle, C-O-R-A-C-L-E, it makes sense. It's such a simple design that it's intuitive that somebody would just be able to create and make one of these mm-hmm. without, you know, it's not like you had the internet back then, you know, 10,000 years ago, but it's, uh, if Didn't anybody they? sees a leaf floating in a river, you say, oh, I could not make that. I just got to weave a giant basket. And and you know what? And that's, yeah, that's a lot of what it is. Yeah. Now we've seen some of the ones that we're building in, in Asia and in in India. Uh, India. Oh, they are wow. works of art. But I mean, they're like 10 feet across. Yes. <laughs> they're, I mean, they're big. These things are massive yeah. and they're <laughs> used on them to go out in the ocean there and the, the yeah, the ocean, yeah, the Indian yeah. Ocean, all that. Yeah. They're using them to go out there and catch a lot of fish. Yes. Right? So they're out so there for all day and they're, yeah, they're yeah. for cargo. But they they look exactly the same, but they're just massive. But the, the, the weaving they've done in these things, they are, wow, a lot of work goes into these things. They are, are just beautiful looking craft. Uh, but again, it's, it's a paddle craft. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So there's the Coracle Society. Over in in England, uh, coraclesociety.org.uk. It was founded in 1990, and it's all about keeping the the coracle alive. Alive, yeah. 
Right? So they say the Coracle Society found in 1990 with these aims. Promoting the knowledge of coracles. Curaz. Oh, see that, that word now? That's the one we saw at the Quiet Water Symposium. Is that what Kuraz. they were? Curaz? Yes. Uh, an allied craft they're making and use and also their study and collection hmm. taking all reasonable steps to support the continuance of fishing involving the use of coracles and to encourage the holding of coracle regattas races and the like we're going to touch on fishing because it's pretty there, there's some history there and it's not just like sitting as we talked with a with a fishing rod Publishing a newsletter as a means of communication between all those interested in coracles. Using its best endeavors to obtain supplies of materials for the construction of coracles. And promoting demonstrations, courses, exhibitions, discussions, and lectures relating to coracles. That is what the Coracle Society in the UK does. Yeah, it's right? a... It's a bunch of uh, lonely old men who are looking for something, something to, to keep them busy. <laughs> and their wives going, thank God he's out of the house. <laughs> but don't forget to mow the lawn before you go. Now, they they have a page, like I say, the coraclesociety.org.uk, and they have a whole bunch of stuff on this page um, about coracles, types, uh, building them, fishing from them, how to use one, safety, videos. You check out some of the videos there, the one video, I guess, there yeah. is about the society, you know, membership, different links, uh, news notices, events coming up. You can contact them. But uh, was it the links, the membership about it? Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. The, the links, there's some links in there that send you to people like companies that are starting to build like the, getting the fiberglass going and stuff okay. like that now right not just the yep. old types so they look like um almost uh like the same material truck beds are made out of oh, like you get yeah, the plastic yeah. truck bed liner yeah. right so picture something like that but on a much smaller scale mm-hmm. like you could probably fit four coracles in the back of a pickup truck oh absolutely. that's how small those yeah. things are so if you picture four rectangular yeah. coracles well, you could practically stack them like bowls, right? If oh. there wasn't a seed in them, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You could. You could. You could. <laughs> we watched one. Uh, Mister Rogers, that was it. That's what they called him. Was going out in his coracle, and this was back f- 1938. Yeah. So a 1938 a British movie. Path movie. Yeah. yeah. He's going out, and unlike the old times, Mister Rogers is going to tie a brick to use as an anchor. <laughs> So it's like, okay, I'm sure somebody figured that out before Mr. Rogers in 1938, but okay. So he paddles out, he tosses the brick over, you know, and so he's lodged into one spot in the middle of the, in the middle of the, uh, the river and he can just sit there and fish. Yeah. And then he hauls his rock rock back, his brick back in and (laughs) off he goes. But they're saying when, when, if you do that in a, a lake, then the wind, you'll drift around that one spot yeah so you're covering a large a, area. a little area yeah, yeah uh, of uh, and fish from right <laughs> so but <laughs> so yeah so there's there's all these different things and uh on their page there's, there's a lot to read there but it's becoming or it looks like it has become a big a big deal yeah guidelines for using a coracle safely <laughs> they've published that there's a pdf you can print off that yeah. sort of thing some of it is pretty common sense. Uh, always wear an approved buoyancy aid. So like a life jacket. Yep. Be a proficient swimmer. The British Canoe Union recommends 50 meters in light clothing as a minimum standard. What does that mean? 50 meters? Yeah. What? So you, you, if you're in, you should be able to swim 50 meters. Oh, in I got it. I got it. Right. I got it. It's, they have a whole thing of testing over there for, for, for swimming and for paddling and all that sort of stuff. Totally different from North America. I can't swim at all. Yeah. I can swim underwater. I can swim from the top to, to the, the bottom. bottom. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I'm able to pause in between. <laughs> With some vigorous kicking <laughs> With some, <yeah>. and flailing. <laughs> Learn how to use a coracle on still or slow, slow moving water. So, yeah, of course, you want to start on 
non-moving water yeah. first and then graduate up to class four rapids and waterfalls and <laughs> that sort of thing. Uh, the limitations of the coracle are, A, if it capsizes, it cannot be re-entered. I was thinking about this. Mm-hmm. I think you could re-enter it, but it would have to be submerged at the time. It defeats the purpose, I know. <laughs> but <laughs> a submersible coracle. I like where you're going with this. Hey, and I was thinking also, it, depending on what it's we made We call of, that a bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would form a nice air pocket if you're caught in a, uh, oh, in a yeah, uh, force fire right? or something, right? Just flip it over and... Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I think I saw that in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Because of its shallow profile in the water and the position of the paddler in the boat, the coracle can be rapidly blown downwind. Yes. Yeah, wind with. Well, we watched them the sit water. in it. Yeah. yeah. The one guy sat in it and maneuverable. Yeah, he could like, spin he just in a circle. Spinning yeah. in circles. And that'd yeah. be me. I wouldn't go anywhere. You just see me <laughs> out there spinning so fast, I'm going to puke. <laughs> this reminds me of the teacup at the exhibition. <laughs> Stop me. <laughs> Due to its lack of forward speed, it is also at the mercy of any currents. True. There is no built-in buoyancy. Therefore, if the coracle skin is punctured, it will sink. Duh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, and, and that's the thing. is It's it's just a frame with a skin on it. Yeah. If you get a hole in that so bad basic. boy, there's no styrofoam or anything yeah. to keep it afloat. I suppose you could put a styrofoam bench in it. Yeah, I guess. Right? But... Eh, like you know. a beer cooler or you just jump in your similar. beer cooler and sail. <laughs> it's your lifeboat for your lifeboat. <laughs> Be aware of your own limitations. Yes. That goes without saying. Uh, it is strongly recommended that you never go on the water alone. Always inform someone of where you are going and try to go in groups of at least two people. So yeah, you paddle and then somebody else fishes and then yeah. they paddle and then you fish, right? Yeah. Even in the summer, UK waters are usually cold and wind chill can be a serious problem. Take a windproof top if venturing far. That can go here some way, some days as well. All of these work co- here. Colder, colder days. Never walk with a coracle on your back near the water's edge, especially on a windy day. Because <laughs> that thing, like I say, is just like an umbrella, man. Yeah. You're going <laughs> to you're gonna have that strap to you. You're yeah. going flying. You're going to end up with your back like a turtle yeah. with that turtle, strap. Turtle. Yeah, you can't get that strap off. Oh, man. Be vigilant and keep an eye out for submerged articles in the water that could puncture the coracle skin. That goes back to 4D. There is no buoyancy. Therefore, if the coracle skin is punctured, it will sink. Always respect the water. Now, they were talking about the water. Um, I don't know if this is a big problem over there, but they're talking about... Wiles disease, W-E-I-L. Never, never heard of it. Yeah, it's a severe form of leptospirosis, bacterial infection. Um, Things that cause it, you can contact if you come into contact with urine, blood, or tissue of animals or rodents that are infected with the bacteria. These may include cattle, pigs, dogs, and rats. Uh, I don't know if this is a big concern over in the UK. Yeah. I mean, unless you're cruising through areas that, like through farmlands and stuff where the cows Hmm. and all that are going in the river. Yeah. Right? Cows, sheep. If you come in contact, if you come in contact with urine, blood, tissue of animals, rodents that are infected with the bacteria, leptospira bacteria. Mm Mm-hmm. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Causes mild flu-like symptoms such as headache and chills. Bacteria infect some specific organs. There may be more severe reaction. The organs include liver, kidney, lungs, heart, and brain. It's known as Wiles disease. In rare cases, it can lead to organ failure and death. Hmm. Which leads me back to what I've been saying since we started this show. We're all going to die. Trying to kill you. Everything's going to kill us. Uh, yeah, I've, I've never heard of this, but wow. I don't know, maybe because there's so many cows and sheep over there, I don't know, going through <laughs> the rivers and stuff. It can cause bleeding in the lungs and, and then a condition called severe pulmonary hemorrhage syndrome. Well, that sounds fun. Wow. <laughs> 
all of a sudden I don't want a coracle. We, we have to stop researching things. I know, because it always goes that one extra bit too far, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, this looks like fun till you die. <laughs> uh, okay, do we want to talk about the fishing aspect, or do you want to talk how to use a coracle first? Let's talk about how to use it, because you're not going fishing until you know how to use it. Yes. Right? Uh, or do you want to take a quick commercial break first? Let's do a quick commercial break. Let's do a quick commercial break, and we'll come back and tell you how to use a coracle. Hi, this is Dark Sprest. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. Uh, before we uh, move on to how to use a coracle, what's our beverage of choice today? Well, as usual, we're doing man antler beer. And uh, so tonight we are drinking Biscuit in the Basket. It's a Brian Bickle collaboration series. So it's uh, man antler beer. It's my local beer. It's the little the guys that in Bowenville brew it up. And, and uh, so it's, it's what I've got in the habit of uh, bringing here. It... Uh, it's, it's a really good beer. I like the local craft beers. At least you're not bringing the kosher, <laughs> gluten-free <laughs> light tried, beer. Honest to God, I've tried finding that again. I cannot find it. I don't know what it was that I picked up that time. Because I know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who hired a guy to find that brewery and blow it up. Because <laughs> there is no reason anywhere on this earth. But, but did you know what it was before we drank it? No, not till I drank it. I'm just like... What's missing? That's oh, the gluten is missing. <laughs> and what else? Oh, did, did it have alcohol or was it alcohol free? No, it was alcohol. There was alcohol. Yeah, but it was like 0.5 or something <laughs> like that. Low alcohol, light <laughs> beer, gluten free, kosher. Like, who comes up with this? I picked it because of the label, the color and stuff. I didn't. Ooh, even it was a colorful it. label. Well, look, yeah, you, it's water. You look for the interesting labels, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've blessed this, taken out the gluten, <laughs> taken out the alcohol. Here, somebody will buy it. But it wasn't that bad, I, as I recall. Derek. It was peculiar, but I don't recall it being bad. <laughs> peculiar. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that beer tastes kind of peculiar. <laughs> nah, actually, the taste wasn't that bad. We're just yeah. looking at it like, what's, there's just something missing. But, <laughs> like everything. Like, like everything. <laughs> like the gluten and the evilness because it was blessed. <laughs> I want my gluten. <laughs> was that uh, John Panette? Was it John Panette or Louis Anderson? He says, you know what the problem with gluten-free stuff is? Heavy Panette. It needs gluten. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway. Yes. So, biscuit in the basket. Biscuit in the basket. How to use a coracle. Okay, so... Are we going to are we gonna build some of these? I'm, it wouldn't be that hard. Like we mentioned earlier, or you, or you mentioned earlier, that we could do uh, Float Your Fanny Down the Ganny next spring. Yeah, because these coracles. would be perfect to do that. Mm -hmm. Do a whole, like, chain of coracles. Yeah. Get a whole bunch of them and connect them with a small rope. Or like I mentioned, you could build two mini coracles, put them on your feet, and, and walk, walk on water. With a couple of like walking sticks. Yes. And you could walk down the ganny. Well, you you have a like a pole for canoe poling. Mm -hmm. And on one end, you attach a float, so it just floats your third leg. And on the other end, you can use it to push yourself along. Yeah. And then you got them on your feet like snowshoes. Yeah. And you just walk. I'm thinking you're going by where the guys are sitting there fly fishing or just fishing on the shore so, and you walk on by. 
So, and so it's all situational, right? You could totally get away with this to float your fanny down the ganny. People would just go, ah, look at that. That's funny. But if you just on a midsummer day, say mid-July, you go by and somebody's fishing on a local creek and you just kind of walk by on the water, they're going to start throwing stuff at you. Yeah. Evil. <laughs> Evil. You. What's wrong with you? <laughs> just putting on my Jesus boots and going for a walk. <laughs> Um, yeah, so if you picture, I mean, I mean, we watched a couple of videos there. If you picture the beach umbrella or the uh, big golf umbrella yep. sort of thing. So getting in and out of the coracle is, they say it's the trickiest part, but you watch them doing it. And you basically sit it next to the shore. When you step in, the the, the edge of it hits, hits the shore, hits the ground. Is, hits the ground. So yeah. it doesn't, yeah, it anchors it. Well, they call it, it locks it. Yeah. Right? It locks it to the ground. So you're stepping on it, and basically you're stepping on ground. You pinned yeah. it to the ground, right? And then you turn around, and when you sit down, it all of a sudden unlocks from the bottom, and you can push you can off backwards. And but you it, just do it the opposite way coming back in. It makes sense, though, right? It's so light. It's mm-hmm. such a light watercraft, and it's basically round. You're basically yep. in, an, in an oversized umbrella, yeah. right? So it's uh, it makes sense that if you didn't, when you stepped into it, if you weren't close enough to land, you'd just flip it. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it'd be impossible to get in if you're, if you, <laughs> I don't know how you get into it at a dock unless you could put your foot right in the dead, your first footstep would be in the dead center. Like you couldn't step off center. No, like in deep water. In deep water? Yeah. No, no, it you'd have just, to step. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's but why. That, that's why you, you need you need like to be right next to a shoreline to something. Yeah. And then when you sit on the seat, it lifts and releases from the shore. The key to getting in and out of the coracle is to do so as quickly and smoothly as you can. <laughs> Smooth. When you are in the boat, it is stable as your weight is distributed across the boat. Yeah. So yeah, just walk in, turn around, sit down. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. No yeah. hesitation, no nothing. Just get your butt in the boat, yeah. sit down. <laughs> it's like we said, get in the car, sit down, shut up. <laughs> yes, Dad. If you're coracling, cork, coracling, 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 coracling. There's your word for the day, coracling. Snorkeling. It's like snorkeling, but different. We're making up if, words today. If you're no, they wrote it. They actually said it in the uh, the UK group there. Uh, if you're coracling with a friend, they can help keep the boat steady while you get in or out. Of course, yeah. just like a canoe sort yeah. of thing, right? Um, if you're coracling alone, use the paddle as support. Locking it between the bank and your shoulder while steadying the boat with your other hand sort of thing. Yeah. Right? After checking for any stones or objects that may get you stuck or puncture the skin, set the boat in the water with the front against the bank. Step backwards into the coracle, placing your foot in the center of the front portion of the boat. Sit down centrally on the seat before spreading your feet towards the front corners of the boat in order to spread your weight evenly. Then gently push yourself away from the bank. Slick as snot on a rooster's beak. <laughs> in shallow water, if the bed is smooth, you can set the boat so the front of it will, as they say, lock as you enter. Once in and stable, you can shuffle yourself backwards into the water. Now, I have seen some of these, you know, when you're, when you're looking at them. And we, you and I had the conversation because they're sitting in this seat, yeah. leaning forward, and they're doing their skull draw. Yes. I would be so tempted as a canoeist to kneel in front of that seat. Yeah. Right, and because some of them, you see, yeah, they're made with the little, the, the fine, the the the, the branches, the yep. sticks, right? So that's going to be a bit of a zinger on your knees, but mm-hmm. but I would automatically want to kneel. Yeah, and none of them do. They they're all they sitting don't. on that seat. Huh. Like I wonder, like, and well, we haven't seen enough videos, but it reminds me of. Uh, what was it? Was it the Muskoka River X race? One of the first times, or was it another race? Anyways, everybody, we were talking, it was one of the talks we covered uh, probably about two months ago. And uh, everybody was doing this race. Everybody's sitting high on their seats in their canoes. And uh, then somebody came in and everybody goes, what's up with that guy? He had a very low seated canoe. So mm-hmm. you were basically sitting kayak style in your canoe. And uh, they... 
he's, everybody thought this, what's, what's up with this weirdo, right? Like this, the way he's got his canoe configured. And he handily won the race. But what it was is he was in such a position that gave him better leverage to paddle. So he was yeah. quicker. He was, he was putting less effort into more output and moving the canoe better. And it's one of those things. It's like, well, with these coracles, the seat sits so high. You're actually at the, you sit at the same height as the rim of the coracle. And you act like a sail. So I wonder if you were sitting lower, like you lower your center of gravity, you're less tippy. So when you lean forward, you could, not that you're going to be racing one of these things, but they they don't track. They're just like a a top, right? But you know, for, when I saw the guy sitting on the seat, I, I, first thing I thought was, oh, this is a recipe for disaster. You're sitting so high and leaning over the edge. But I don't think if you were going to sit in that middle seat like that, because it goes right through the middle. Yeah. Right? If you put it lower, I don't think you'd be able to paddle as easy. No, because you couldn't... It has to be that high for for the paddling. over the edge, yeah. But if you were to kneel in front of it, it'd put you that much closer to the front edge. Then you might tip. (laughs) I don't know if you'd tip. Because, I mean, it would put you closer but not yeah. like right to the edge closer yeah. but it would just feel more to me it would feel more natural to be yeah. kneeling and paddling like that when it comes to center of balance and stuff like that for paddling it were it, the one of the other articles we uh we had commented on it when we were watching the video it was it was a longer coracle so mm-hmm. it had a slightly pointy bow that but he was like paddling off the stern well no that is no he's got it's backwards and, on the coracles. Yes. And that's what I'm thinking. So when that bow pointy part, I think that's the counterbalance. So yeah. it gets him closer to the edge of the coracle so that the long pointy part, which would be the normal of the bow of a boat, but in these now cases becomes it's the, the ballast. So it becomes the ballast and, and balances. So it allows you to lean closer and mm-hmm. reach further out into the water for your, uh, for your paddling. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you picture, uh, a rowboat. Yep. You would figure you're sitting at the in the middle. Yeah. But you are paddling so that the pointy end goes forward. Yeah. In the coracle is you're paddling it's so the opposite. Blunt end. Goes the the blunt end is going forward, yeah. and you're reaching over the blunt end. Yeah. To in these in these longer ones that exactly. we saw. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, once on the water, try to avoid leaning over the side of the boat. Well, it's round. So <laughs> where's the side? <laughs> Which side's the side? The high center of gravity and the fact the boat is longer than it is wide in some of these. Very easy to capsize the boat if you lean to one side. Leaning forwards or backwards, the boat is much more stable. So yeah, so we lean forward, backwards, but not side to side. Yeah. Right? Paddling a coracle is a gentle affair. So not like a canoe where you dig in and... Yeah, whoosh, right? you're just... You're puttering along in this thing. Try to paddle faster will only result in you tiring yourself and you won't move faster. No. Yeah, because we watched some of the guys, you, you know, there's a couple of videos we saw where everybody's trying to do it and you see some of them just going to town with that paddle and they're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then you see this one guy, he gets in there with this little gentle skull and draw he that he's doing moving. and he was just boogieing. And some of these guys were going up river. Yeah, up, up, so there's, yeah. But it's, I think it's because it sits so high in the water that it doesn't cause that much drag. You're just mm-hmm. kind of skimming the surface. So it's, you're not fighting the current, you're just fighting surface tension. Yeah, oh definitely. Which is why when you, when we were pulling canoes, we could go up waterfalls just by a little bit of a push and we got better and better. And so it's, it's because you're not, you're drafting so little water that you're not feeling the drag of yeah. the water so much. Yeah. One hand at the top of the paddle, usually your dominant hand and the other part way down the paddle handle, use a figure of eight technique over the front of the boat, keeping the paddle blade parallel to the boat. Those familiar with the sculling draw can use this. Use the hand placed down the paddle handle to move the paddle from side to side or to turn it. Keep the paddle blade shallow in the water. Placing the blade deeper in the water does not give more power. To turn the coracle, gently flick the paddle either left or right over the front of the boat and uh, to turn it in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Just watch out because we were seeing people doing that and they were just spinning in circles. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like a merry-go-round. But we saw that old guy who was uh, doing the big talk mm-hmm. and... Uh, he just he just reached over and he put no effort into it at all. He just kind of it looked like he just kind of 
literally dipped his paddle and suddenly he was spun spun right around yeah with zero effort yeah he just he just reflexively did it oh yeah he's obviously skilled very skilled at it but well yeah and that's exactly it uh did, did once confident with his basic paddling technique you may wish to try the one-handed technique used by coracle netsmen which are the fishermen we'll be talking about lock the top of the paddle into your shoulder usually that of your dominant arm the hand on the same arm then sits down the paddle handle operating as above. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you wrap your arm around it yeah. and it basically just becomes, the blade becomes an extension of your arm. Yes. And you just yeah. use, move your arm in a figure eight with the blade in the water, right? Yeah. Uh, and that way you've got one free arm, which we'll, dis- we'll discuss later. And if you capsize a coracle, don't try to re-enter it on the water. If you can flip it over so it's upside down, a cushion of air on the inside of the boat will cause it to float rather than sink making it easier to rescue and giving you some support. If in distress, try to get the coracle in the upside down position and then use a coracle as a drum, banging on it to raise attention. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> doom, 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 doom. Yeah, people hear this big drumming noise. The heck is that? Yeah. And again, it says, you know, uh, wear PFDs when you're out there, even if you're a proficient swimmer. Always good practice to not coracle alone. They should be stored in cool, dry place out of direct sunlight. A peg in the garage wall is a good place. It could be hung up on a peg out of the way to day-to-day traffic. And yeah, it's, it's so light um, that it could be hung anywhere. Yeah. Just make sure it's, if you got, if you're making it out of skin, make sure it's dry because you don't want it to rot. Yes. You got to really keep care of it that sort of, sort of way. And uh well, that's how to paddle. It's really not that yeah. difficult by the looks of it. Once you, I think, once you, if you first jump into it, you're not going to just boom off to the races. You're going to take a bit of going. But once you get the hang of yeah. it, watching these guys do it is it's not think, that hard. I think the hard. I want to build one. I think the hardest part is going to be finding the the branches, the willow branches, yeah. or, or or ash branches, or something that's supple and enough that you can weave it and bend mm-hmm. it without breaking it. Yeah, because it's just like. Like I say, those those guys started there. They were just weaving a basket. Yeah. A big six-foot huh. round basket. What's the... Uh, have you ever seen the commercial where uh, it shows the guy cut out the bottom of his boat, put in a screen door, spray this black spray. Oh, yeah. And then he, he basically... It, it, uh, it's used for sealing your roof for... for gutters, gutters and, and troughing, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So all you do is use a painter's tarp and then use that spray, and so that's light enough that it's there's your you know, Bob Drunkle, you, you mm-hmm. get your uh, your waterproofness for your coracle. Hmm. Can you buy that in Canada, or is that I an think, American thing? I think it's an American thing. I think you gotta wait for it to come on the infomercial again yeah. and buy it. But I mean, even the uh, ballistic nylon stuff in that. Yep. Right. Oh, absolutely. That they're using yeah. like and yeah. what Mikey Mike used polyester base or something like that yep yeah, yeah that sort of stuff you could use that yeah use cool. the same coating and everything I'm you just gonna, have a yeah different skin on one. frame i'm gonna build one skin on frame coracle yeah <laughs> there you go so fishing was the big thing with the coracles yes and that's because it's traditional right it's right uh, and and we also saw that it's even still today used for fishing yeah, a lot of them. What, well, what they do is they sit in it and they cast their rod or you know the the line out. Yeah. They do some fly fishing, that sort of thing. That's generally what they do. But the coracle was known for its two coracles and a net. Yes. So the 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 each of the each of the coraclers would grab an end of the net. Coraclers. Cork. That's what they call it, coraclers. I know, I know. Coraclers. <laughs> the net is stri- stretched across the river between the two coracles. The coraclers will paddle and draw the net downstream. When a fish is caught, each hauls up the net and end of the net until the two boats are brought together. Yeah. And then the fish are hauled into the boats. Mm-hmm. And then I guess they do it again. Yeah. And they go out. Now, you're watching this net. Now, if you're picturing the river and these guys go out and just drag this net... Well, it's, uh, that's a lot of fish that they're they're getting. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking, there's got to be an issue here, right? Uh, different areas have different regulations in regards to the use of coracles and nets for fishing purposes. 
It was reported that in 1860, there were as many as 400 coracle men fishing on the river Towie, Towie in Wales. By, and that was a lot of fishermen. Yeah. That's, I mean, that you can't sustain a fishery like that. By 1923, so this is 63 years later, coracle fishing was stopped on many rivers as the fisheries could not be maintained properly and was limited to three rivers in West Wales. Yes. By 1929, there was only 25 pairs were allowed to fish. By 1935, which is only six years later, this was reduced to 12 pairs. Uh, and then today, depending where you read, it's anywhere between... Um, eight uh, and 20. Eight, yeah, eight and 20. Coracle fishing licenses. Mm-hmm. Now, the coracle fishing licenses, as the one guy was explaining, is three people. Or three coracles, right? Yes. So... Um. Yeah, it's it's very limited. Very limited. So but I don't obviously think it's, it's very successful method of fishing. It is a hugely successful method of fishing, and, but and you demolish like the, your fisheries. Yeah, just like the Newfoundland fishery, they just fished out all the stock, and so you have to you have to cut it back. Yeah, but it's pretty cool because you you get you and your buddy would go out, or your 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 dad and your dad and son would go out, or a couple of brothers would go mm-hmm. out in these little handmade coracles yeah. and a fishing net. They'd go out into the local river. One would hold onto the net. The other would take the other end of the net and go across the river. And then they'd paddle down. And then they'd come around together and haul up the net. And it'd be filled with fish. One aspect I found was interesting. And and it's I like it because it controls the fishery and it controls... You don't, it doesn't jump up the price of the license is when somebody has the license, if they want to get rid of it or if they die, it automatically goes back to the, into the administration yeah. and they just reissue it to somebody new. Because yeah. It's not like it goes hand down from family member to family yeah, member, exactly. right? exactly. And also stops you from selling it because sometimes licenses like, for example, uh, yellow cab, uh, uh, taxi badges, in New York city, like they, they start you know like you hear about it years ago it was you know a hundred thousand dollar to buy the uh the badge and and in 2013 it was worth 1.2 million mm-hmm. now with uber it's back down to about two hundred thousand dollars a badge and so it, it when you talk of buy and sell like that so this here it's neat that they control it by uh by issuing it as opposed to selling it yeah well and that's exactly it, go, it just goes back into the fisheries and they mm-hmm. they say you know what everybody puts in all their Basically, all their names in a hat again, I guess, and just yeah, picks and one out and say, "There you go, you're yours." The owner of the, of yeah. the license, yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, I think that's a good way to good way to do it, and uh, keep it keep it going that way. But yeah, they definitely. I mean, four hundred people on on rivers on a river. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot. You can see how it would clean up the fish stock. It definitely would. Mm-hmm. But this it's pretty cool method i mean it's pretty ingenious yes. to do it yeah. right like i mean yeah. but to be able to sit there you look at one of these like that when we we're talking about they mr rogers just sitting there for the day yeah go out in the morning yeah sit there drop his anchor down well somebody was saying uh that a jet ski anchor yeah I've that has never, the little tongs that yeah, point out and you just drop it that, down sort of thing. yeah i don't i don't know but they must I be just jet get ski the, must mean something different in wales and england maybe i don't know yeah but uh just get the the brick you know, a brick or a small a, flute. A small little anchor, anchor or something. Yeah. Drop it over the side and mm-hmm. you just sit there and you just do your fishing and nice relaxing. Yeah. Sitting like sitting in a lawn chair. Yeah. And just fish, throw a couple in the back and paddle back to shore and off you a go. Bag of beer hanging off the side to keep cool yeah. in the river. And it gives you can reach right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that is everything we know about a coracle. <laughs> and then some. <laughs> It's uh, another thing. Like I say, we talked. We talk about the kayaking, the canoeing, the fishing, uh, the uh, uh, well, fish yeah. kayaking. If you can paddle it, we're going to talk about it. it. <laughs> and I mean, we've talked about the 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 rafting. We've talked about the in Japan going down the canyon on that big dragon raft. Oh yes. We've talked about the old huckleberry fin type rafts. Yeah. So that's right. So why not corkling? That huckleberry fin raft. That's in Sweden. Sweden. Yeah. I want to do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, you know what? Say it's really Google Coracle yes. and making of. And it really doesn't take me. You're going to look at it and go like, that is it? You don't need a high skill set. This is something you could do in a weekend if you're somewhat handy and 
it's uh i i think it's uh it would be a, boy would you ever grab, draw some looks if you start oh I, and there's around. so many places that i mean i just know around here even the number of places you could use this yeah the smaller streams and stuff like that mm-hmm, absolutely you would just boogie right down them yeah you, and especially now with the salmon running oh yes yeah you could get on there and oh they go for i mean some of these salmon are big yeah you go for a nice little ride right upstream <laughs> and then you float all the way back downstream yeah. Catch another one, go right back upstream. <laughs> you could hook onto a couple salmon and have races. And... You could be there all day, <laughs> up and down, up and down. Pass the same guys on the riverbank six, seven times till they start throwing stuff at you. So that is coracle. What the coracle is? Coraclers. Uh, I don't. I don't think I have ever seen one. Not but person. they. I mean, yeah. I mean, they've been in North America for yeah hundreds of years as well. But. I can't see that they're used anymore. Yes. Vietnam, that sort of stuff. You see those India, you see them still in use there. Like you say, yeah, for transport you, and yeah, like goods. When you're talking third world countries and stuff like that, this is a, it would be a common method of, uh, of transport, of mm-hmm. fishing, of uh, cargo and, and whatnot, yeah. right? And yeah, apparently in Wales and the UK on a whole, it's, it's societies and everything are, are trying to keep it alive and keep it going. So good on them. Uh, and I think that's about it for this week. We've covered it all. Everything on coracles. <laughs> and the word coracling. <laughs> I hope I never have to say that word again. Coracles. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening this week. If you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you want to listen to any of our episodes, you can find us on iTunes. Google Play Player FM and there's a little tab at the top of our paddlingadventuresradio.com website that has episodes click on the episodes tab and they have every single one of our episodes that we have ever recorded including this one as of Thursday <laughs> as <Yeah>. of today <laughs> <laughs> so I want to thank everybody for listening to us this week I'm Sean Rowley and I'm Derek Specht we'll see you next time